two votes. Oh, yeah, interesting. Sorry, I thought I was the only one here who played. Yeah, I'm so, that's very exciting. Well, wow. you were. You gave it two votes. So, um, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Well Played DLC podcast, powered by Steel Series Alias Microphones, but more on that later. I'm your host, Zach Jackson, and joining me tonight for this first episode back of 2024 is James Wood. Howdy, gamers. Adam Ryan. Ah, uh, hello. And Nathan Hennessy. G'day. How are we all going? Welcome back. Lovely to see your beautiful faces. Pop yeah, nuts, too. Sweaty, mm. very warm. Mm. Mm. Well, you're looking we good. We had mate. a cool change roll in actually, so I'm Thanks. I'm in a hoodie, which is quite nice. Yeah, I saw that oh. before. I was, yeah. I'd, uh, how cool change are we talking about? Like twenty degrees? Oh, I don't, I don't. I I think we talked about this before, but I don't really do numbers. I'm more of just uh, <laughs> feeling out, see how it goes. Well, you're temperature a, vibes, resident only. vibes guy. You're yeah, a vibe guy. yeah. Yesterday yeah. was like hot vibe. Today is cool vibe. So much so that he's in a hoodie, which seems absurd to me, but yeah. yeah. He's, he's, mm, he's but here we are. It. No sweat either. It's great. Boy, yeah. All right. First thing, I, I have a story for you. I want to kick this off before I forget because I forgot and then I remembered. So now that I've moved to the northern suburbs, oh, I, he's, he's found him. I had a had my father come over for my birthday last week and on my way back from the airport last sunday oh no i saw a clown (laughs) at the traffic lights why are we starting the year like this at the traffic lights yes it was bell street it was bell street (laughs) um and i wanted to take a picture but uh it's not so easy like well no well by the time i realized that he was there like the um the lights had gone green because i was a little uh, i was a bit i was a few cars back and I saw some guy... And you got to, like, drive around him, yeah. Well, no, I saw, like, this guy kind of walk to the side. I didn't really pay much attention there when I drove past him on the side of the street. I saw him there, and I was like, this guy is in a fucking clown outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. Uh, Nathan was right this whole entire time. We thought he was just cool. smoking in the bloody car fumes, but <laughs> they are real. Not mutually exclusive, uh, mate. Yeah, all right. So that's uh, that's uh, that's how I kicked off my year. So, Great. how's everyone else's Christmas, bre- uh, New Year's break, and well, how are you meant that? to follow that? Honestly, Honestly I'm, so, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, <laughs> Nathan, how's the Philippines? It's, it was rough, mate. I mean, beautiful country, but like right off the bat, I caught myself some real bad barbecue belly, like. I was up in this place called Bargu and I must have been patient zero for a gastro outbreak because after that, like, the mayor and, like, 20,000 other people got gastro the following week. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I spent, like, New Year's Eve in hospital. Like, I was real proud of that. Food poisoning. Um, <laughs> yeah, my constitution did not hold up over that trip well at all, so I'm still in recovery phase. But, um, you know, lovely people. You know, everyone was super, super nice, but the food fucked me up. 
Mm. Right. There you go. Yeah. So you... and diarrhea. This is how we're starting. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, the exactly. 2024 body. <laughs> 2024 granted my body the ability to wee-wee out my butthole. And uh, <laughs> I just, it burns, so I wasn't pleased for that. But I'm glad that it's over now. Would you recommend the Philippines? If you've got a stronger constitution than I, hell yeah. <laughs> and considering how white we are, mm, perhaps not you mm. guys, eh? Mm, yeah. <laughs> no. mm. Nope. James, how was your break? Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was good. Just nice and relaxing, you know? Not much going on, which was a nice change of pace after the year that we uh, we all had here together on, on the old website. Uh, finished a bunch of games I've been meaning to get around to. Finally Ooh. platinumed Fallout 76. So, uh, you, you know. You platinumed it. Why? Kept yeah. one your, up your sleeves? Yeah. Oh, look, I've just been, I've been chipping away at it. It's been my little, uh, totally not depression game. And, um, yeah, now it's, <laughs> now it's done and I'm cured and everything's great. Well, so it turns I, out the depression yeah, was because of Fallout 76. Oh, so. yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. let Ralph know that you've uh, got the platinum. No. Well, can. look, I, I want to write about it at some point. Um, like there's this narrative that like they fixed it. They didn't. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's garbage. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I played so many good games over the break as well. It's it's so bizarre that I'm choosing to lead with this, but that's the first thing I think of when I think about <laughs> what I did over that holiday break. Uh, so there you go. He's countering you, the big Bethesda what's narrative. A, what's a big game? Uh, good game that you finished? Uh, I did Haven, uh, which is mm. a like, oh, yeah. weird little sci-fi gliding slash narrative experience. Um, absolutely loved it. They did an update where you could play as a queer couple as well, which uh, for me is what sort of drew me to it in the first place. Because I think the narrative actually goes a long way to support a queer read on that sci-fi world text that they built. And so it just worked really, really well. I, I, I adored it. I also did Season, uh, Letter to the Future, which I, oh, I liked nice. quite a bit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good little game, Good that one. Well, I've only played, I think, half of it. Okay. And then moved on. Yeah. It's a bummer yeah. about its lack of success. but Yeah. It's tricky, though. Mm. It's tricky when you're one it of those is. small little studios. Mm-hmm. Speaking of small little things, Adam, how are you? Don't know how to take that. Good, mate. Good. My... Um, my, my Holiday season was much like James's. It was very relaxed. Uh, Key and I didn't go anywhere, didn't see anyone. We just stayed put and it was wonderful. Then I got the flu for, for New Year's just to, you know, Lovely. welcome in the new year with, with sickness. But um, I, for the first time ever, I think, I've played and finished more than one of my pledge games because that was my, my target over those couple weeks. And I finished... Callisto, which was a decision of mine to swap that out for... What did I swap it for? It was the council. council. I regret my decisions. Mm. Um, yeah. Zach, I'm sorry. I cool. wanted so badly I, mate, to, to be on board to with you. I tried to get you to play... Well, I would have rather you played the council. Zach right? would have rather... Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. But I wanted to join you on, on loving Callisto. And I thought the opening 20 minutes were great. And that's it. That game 20 is, minutes is certainly something, yeah. That that game's mm. rubbish. It is rubbish. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but I, <laughs> I also <laughs> finished A Plague Tale Innocence, which is fantastic. That mm. game is brilliant. And I, uh, I, I'll, I'm man enough to say it. I'm sorry I didn't listen to you sooner. I should have. 
Good man. And I'll, I'll own up to that. And I've started Requiem, but I'm very, very early doors. But I'm working my way through. Yeah, I think I think Requiem's going on the pledge list this year. Have you, you played know. the first one? You played yeah, the... Yeah, last, yeah, like, yeah, I think I knocked that out of the park last year, like January. I think that was my Christmas game mm. last year. And yeah. very, very pretty game as well. Like very good, good looking game. Certainly stands out, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and it should be on... Both of them should be on James's. I might... That they are, and I saw that uh, Requiem was on the PlayStation Plus free game of the month thing. Yep. So um, best that month was a, in a, a nice get. Yes, yeah, because I think Evil West was there as well, it right? Was. That's a hell of yep. a double whammy. Um, both of those are on my list to play. So yeah, cool, terrific, very good. Well, yeah, the more people that play a Plague Tale, the better. And uh, James, we'll yep. talk about one of your games in a minute, but uh, it's very, very similar. To, it's got. It's, very similar to The Last of Us, I think, in the way that it's directed and oh, interesting. Uh, designed. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rat roguelike. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? <laughs> that would be... Players... <laughs> mm. Yeah, right. Well, the ending... Actually, without spoilers, the ending of A Plague Tale Innocence, Adam, how did you find it? The final I, sequence. The final sequence. Um, yeah, it was fine. Something it about was, an athletic shark. I, <laughs> I um, yeah, I think it it is okay. I think like the the closing moment, like the cutscene afterwards, is is cool. I think the the way it's mm. very um quick and sharp. But yeah, the the lead up to it, <laughs> I definitely played it. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it something good anyway let, let's get off that <laughs> all right well speaking of those things james you have mm. played and reviewed the last of us part two remastered i have i have you have the review is on the website now mm. 8.5 big ones yep get around it so we say <laughs> get around it indeed talk us through that because it's a polarizing review yes. in some regards yeah very much so uh yeah so it's it's the last of us part two but it's been remastered i think it adds a whole bunch of visual fidelity modes or not modes but like uh, additional visual fidelity stuff to the existing modes uh there's a couple of like nice things in the back end for further accessibility options which is great uh definitely brings it up to scratch with what you'd imagine a ps5 game looks like although the original still looks like a ps5 game to me anyway i played them both to sort of get a bit of a overall impression and that original is aging like fine wine so there's there's no real issue there it just bolsters it really um all that stuff is great wonderful no notes um the, the reason this review has become sort of a thing is because of the addition of the roguelike mode uh no return which i found uh morally repugnant um, i'm not really sure where to where to begin on that one um it is i mean it's a roguelike mode so you get to choose from a list of uh popular last of us characters um which is a strange sentence already to kick us off. Um, once you've chosen your character who, so I ran with Abby a fair bit and she had like melee proclivities because of course, um, you pick your character and you get put into a small little 3d space safe house zone. Uh, from there you get to choose short, distinct kind of contextless missions where you fight either waves of clickers or waves of the Seraphites or whoever ends up showing up. Um, in between waves, you get to unlock things like perks and additional weapon slots. Um, you know, it's, 
it's the action systems of The Last of Us uh, compressed into a, a roguelike mode. And it it functions. Like, it, it works because it's Naughty Dog and they know how to put together a mode. And sort of uh, the turning point, I think, in my review is when I talk about the fact that when I was playing it, I, I found myself having fun eventually. And that fun to me was um, just completely at odds with what the whole point of The Last of Us was as an experience. To me anyway, right? This is, this is my take on it. Uh, but The Last of Us Part Two, especially, I found was... Um, you know, it's a game that has a lot to say about violence and, and about the way that we treat each other and the things that we do uh, for the sake of revenge and personal quests and all that good stuff that we kind of largely enjoyed at the time and that were, were sold on this game sort of being a thing for adults that says things seriously and takes itself seriously. And I think to take that game and bolt on a, a contextless violence simulator roguelike mode for the sake of charging, what, 119 Australian dollars for this thing, I'm assuming. It's a brand new PS5 game, so it's probably going to no, be I up there. I think it's like 80, isn't it? 80? Okay. 89. I think maybe. Maybe someone better fact check that. So Probably okay. have a yeah. look. But the point remains, right? It, it's, it exists to bolster the value proposition of this product, right? And I think that... It's a choice that's been made in service of capital P product as a concept. And if you're okay with that, more power to you. I, I, that, that's totally fine. I understand why. The reason this has an 8.5 on it, right, is because it is a good product. You know, it's hours of new content to play. It's well put together. Awesome. I just think it's it's a, a bit of an affront to the original intention of The Last of Us as a work of art. Um, and there's also obviously uh, Neil Druckmann's inspiration for the game coming from his time in the West Bank in his childhood and sort of his views on Palestine and the Israel stuff. And it's just messy. It, it's, it's a really, really messy remaster because I think it, it bolts on a mode that just fundamentally kind of sucks as, as a work of art. Um, there's also costumes you can unlock now. So you can have Abby, uh, not Abby, um, Ellie in a full astronaut suit for the harrowing finale of that game. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen. And yeah, like it's optional. Sure. I get it. But that it's in there at all to me speaks to the intention behind this thing from, you know, Sony and PlayStation as a publishing house and Naughty Dog as a developer house. It's the productification of the art that they've been selling themselves on for the past decade or so. And I just really, really did not like it very much. I've played a little bit of it. And I remember we, we spoke before, I think we either both played it and you were kind of like, Oh, it all sounds fucking strange. And it's weird. I think we, we had this conversation in Singapore mm -hmm. even, and I was like, mate, it's like, it's a, it's a video game. It's, you know, it is what it is. Like it's, but I think once you actually play it, then mm -hmm. it kind of, it clicks in that this is strange. Like this is gamifying this violence, I guess, even though, mm -hmm. you know, it is kind of already gamified, but it, it did feel a bit weird and a bit odd. <clears throat> like even, mm -hmm. even when I was playing it, I was still trying to play it like I would play the main game anyway. Like I was still trying to yeah. stealth around and stuff and, um, I got fucked up pretty bad in the second or well, in the second mission that I chose the mm -hmm. first time, um, which is the clicker one, like the warehouse or whatever, or the garage or. Yeah. I think the way it works is that it kind of spans into two different paths and both paths yeah. have randomized, uh, sort of encounters right, placed along yeah. them. Yeah. Cause yeah, like you, you get like a, what, 20 second, 15 second window before the wave starts. Yeah. And I kind of just yeah. fucked around on my phone and then it's like, oh, you know, it's starting. And then all of a sudden there's like things like running at me and, and I'm mm, dead. Yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely, uh, after playing it, I kind of could, uh, I, I could definitely agree with you on 
mm. on that, that it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, um, it's just a really odd, like, I, I love video games as toys as much as I love video games as art. I think both can exist often in the same space and that, that's totally wonderful but like you know when you begin this mode uh you, like abby just materializes in this empty room or whoever you've chosen and just fires off a little like okay let's do it <laughs> and it's just it's so it, it's so gross to me it, it's it's mm. characters and like from an actual story that we got told and that we all got invested in and like people debate the the quality of the last of us part two as a a narrative and i think they rightfully should i think over the years even my feelings on it are changing but it, it doesn't take away from the fact that like it was a serious work at the time and it has been broken for the sake of, of whatever this, this new package is. And I, yeah, it, it's, it's really bizarre. And I think the, the conclusion of that review being that, you know, we often debate, do we rate things based on their quality as a product that a consumer can go and buy or, or as a work of art? And the score on this review is for the consumer because this thing is a quality product. Fantastic. I hate it for what it is, though. And and that's what the bulk of the review is about. So it, it's definitely been a, a bizarre thing. There's been a bit of... Uh, I've had some conversations with the critics today about how we're going about scoring this one. And um, yeah, definitely a learning experience, I think. I think on the score-wise, I don't know if, if this if this factored into your thinking at all, but that base game, like the, the main chunk of what you're buying is still a good game, mm. like a good story yeah. there. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, and just on the like on the no return and how it doesn't kind of fit if you compare it to something like mercenaries right that mm. kind of makes sense in the way that those game that the Resident Evil games are played um, mm -hmm. you know they're quite not goofy is not the right word but they, you know they're over the top they're, they're action schlocky. games yeah yeah they, they um, earn that mode um, so yeah so you can you can see like Leon going through you know, the, the village in RE4 just killing a bunch mm -hmm. of... Because that's basically what you do in, in the game anyway, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. But the other stuff, there is some cool stuff that does come with it as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I always forget about that other stuff. Um, yeah, so there's also uh, what they're calling the lost levels, I think, which is three levels that you can play through in uh, various stages of development. These are things that were cut from the game as well. Uh, as you walk around these kind of like half-finished environments, there are little uh, orbs floating around. You can click on those and they play a bunch of developer commentary. Um, that stuff unequivocally rules. I, I think more studios should give us more of a look at the, especially in, in different stages of development uh, product of a game, because I think what a lot of people assume a game looks like six months out from launch or even a week out from launch is just fundamentally not the reality of how these studios end up developing these things. And I love that look behind the curtain. Um, there is a, an additional, uh, I think, cutscene commentary that can be played throughout the actual campaign itself. Um, yeah. And this, pro, uh, this, re-release is being used to launch uh, Grounded 2, which is the uh, making of documentary. Um, Grounded 1 was one of my favorite like video game documentaries of all time. It was such a great behind the scenes look at the process that Naughty Dog went through. And uh, I listened to a podcast where one of the video editors is actually on that show. And he was talking about that, you know, Sony really gave them a really unfiltered behind the scenes look at what happened with the development of this game. Um, I don't know if that's going to touch on anything I think people might want that to mean. Um, but I guess we'll find out when it, when it drops. Yeah. The lost levels are like, they are very cool, but they are very short. So if you have very short, yeah. it's probably like 20 minutes in total, I reckon across the mm. three levels, um, yeah. of actual yeah. experience time or hands-on time. Um, but yeah, like it is very, it is very cool. And I think more, 
yeah, game should at least do the commentary where you, you can play the game mm-hmm. with like director commentary where like yeah. certain moments trigger certain, you know, like mm. you'd get a film, you know, you'd buy a Blu-ray or a DVD or maybe not a DVD now, but yeah. you'd buy the Blu-ray and it would have, you know, director commentary throughout the film. Because um, mm-hmm. there is some cool shit in that, in those lost levels, right? They talk very, very quickly. Um, Adam, before you jump in, um, I can't remember which one it is, but they talk about how like things went through various like iterations of development. Like they tried to mm-hmm. do this and do that. And then eventually they, they changed it. So if you've played the, the last was part two, which we all have, yeah, we all have the snowball fight at the start where you're kind of, that was kind of, that came from another idea that they had, um, which you kind of play through, which is, yeah, mm. kind of neat question. Agreed. You've kind of answered it in a roundabout way, I think, but the, the lost levels, you do actually physically play through them. Yeah. It's not just like a, like a, is it like a set piece that plays out in front of you or are you partly in control of, of what's happening? Do you walk through it yeah. or yeah. Okay, cool. It. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's, that is really cool. I like that. I'd say there's, it's more, a it's half finished. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, it's pretty much just traversal, really. Like, you don't really do anything mm-hmm. other than... Yeah, tra- yeah, yeah. Than, yeah. I think that's... Yeah, I think that maybe speaks more to... Because I know that for... It's kind of been and gone now, but there was a, a moment where it seems like director's cuts were going to be the new, like, game of the year edition. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it... That's all they really eventuated to be, is just kind mm. of the same game, but with the DLC. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... I, I like the idea that, because that very much feels more like a director's cut style thing. It's like, this is what, you know, if we had the time and we didn't have to worry so much about pacing or, you know, making sure the tone is correct throughout the entire time, that mm. these things may have been in the game. I think that's really fascinating. And to hear that it's in different levels of development, um, I think is really great. Because they very much could have, you know, gone through and, and touched up and finished yeah, those levels easily. to tack them back in. Um, but yeah, I kind of like that they've, they've left them there. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Really, really cool to hear. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. The last was part two remaster. You can read James's review on the website. It's only, if you own the PS4 version, it's only 20 bucks. So for $20, it's mm-hmm. probably not too bad. If, if you want to play through it again, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think mo- I, I think, think more people than not will enjoy the no return mode. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I say it's well made for a reason. Like it is a well-constructed game mode. And I think that a lot of people will get a lot of fun and, and time out of this thing as well. Also, like you, you mentioned Resident Evil before as well. It just got, it reminded me that like they pushed out free PS5 upgrades for those games, right? That like dragged those visuals sort of up to PS5 standards. Um, and I think that it would have been nice to see a PS5 visual fidelity patch separate from the product that you now have to spend $20 to get 4k ray tracing going on in this thing. I think that is a little, uh... didn't they, what was the patch they had before? Was it just a 60 FPS patch? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause this game, so the, the new TV that I got supports HDMI 2.1 and this does do the 120 oh, yeah. Hertz. Um, oh. So it looks pretty cool. In 120 mm. FPS, so Resi Resi Four also added a complete VR mode for it as if, if, if for free, just you know, to throw that on the yeah, the pile of things that it good did. guys Capcom, you know, yeah, right, love those, love those and lads. then uh, <laughs> then doing all the DRM. 
that is <laughs> my understanding is that it's pretty grossly overreported, but I I need to do some uh, more reading on that. But he just I wanted to be devil's advocate because he loves it. Yeah. Mate, Capcom are my boys. Shout outs. Uh, anyway, let's move on to something else. Speaking of boys that James likes, let's go to oh, Prince me. of Persia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Um, so I did the preview for this uh, sometime last year and I kind of came way in like, yeah, that's immediately, you know, one of my most anticipated games of 2024. And that held true. There's this thing fucking whips. It, it is such a fantastic not Ubisoft product. Uh, so this is Ubisoft Montpellier, who are the folks behind the Rayman Legends, I believe. Um, so this is a studio with like legitimate pedigree in platforming, and it is very much bearing fruit here. Like uh, to return Prince of Persia back to its semi-side-scrolling adventure roots, uh, you've got a Metroidvania this time around with incredibly precise platforming, oddly satisfying and layered combat, incredible boss encounters, a decent story. I, I think like I spent about, I don't know, 300 words of my preview talking about how I was excited to see where this story goes. It's fine. It's, it's, it's whatever. It just kind of exists. Um, but the characters are relatively likable. Uh, voice performances are okay. The English ones are a bit flat. I'd probably recommend doing the, uh, Farsi dub. It is, it's beautiful. Love it. Um, yeah, I, I was so thoroughly impressed by this thing. Um, where do you, where do we want to start? Cause there's a few things we could talk about with it. Wherever you want to start. Great. Excellent. <laughs> we love direction. Well, you know, you, you run and you jump a lot um, <laughs> as, as you do in a platformer. Um, yeah, the, I'm, I'm historically really bad at, at platformers. Uh, this game does a really good job at sort of slowly educating you on its systems and allowing you to grow more comfortable before throwing you a challenge where at first someone of my skill level with a game like this looks at it and goes, I'm never going to be able to accomplish that. And then I've accomplished it in, in a couple of minutes after a few kind of failed attempts. It's just, it's such a liberating feeling to have a game hype you up basically like it, it does such a really good job of adding additional powers on top of that obviously this is the prince of persia franchise so we're doing some time fuckery um he has the ability to kind of like make a, a crystallized clone of himself move to wherever you want and then you can warp straight back to that clone you can dash through time technically you can uh warp around reality to make different platforms appear and eventually by the end of the game you're using all these powers within like split seconds of each other to get through a, a particular puzzle um and again it should be overwhelming and, and at times it is this can get quite difficult uh but it just works by, by the end of it uh the game also has these incredible accessibility options you can adjust so many different sliders for uh, stuff like platforming damage uh, combat damage parry timing eventually you can even spawn little portals to get past a particularly difficult platforming section uh which I loved. I don't think I'd be able to finish in time if it wasn't for that. I'm, I'm happy to admit that. Um, yeah, so the platform is really good. The combat is equally good. Uh, you've got a thing called an Athra Surge where, you know, successful parries and hits on enemies build up a little bar you've got on the bottom of the screen, build it up to three distinct different levels, and at each level you get a flashier, bigger attack. Um, it, this is all very much stylized, kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon. It, it's got a very stylized, cartoonish look to the whole thing. And so attacks are frequently very, like, Smash Bros-esque where you get, like, text across the screen or like a big splash of color it's, it's so vibrant and, and exciting and fun um it's it was really hard for me to find much of anything to fault about this thing it, it was in, it's just an incredible little experience to kick the year off it's only Quick 69 bucks you, wait what? sorry it's only 69 
dollars. Yeah, and, that, and every that's single it. Like, one of those dollars too. Uh, yes, exactly. I, I think this is something I brought up in my review, but the idea that you know Ubisoft uh, effectively like spearheaded AAA creep, right? Where everything that we don't particularly care for in this industry can in a lot of ways be traced back to a lot of the trends that they themselves kicked off and to see them give a small a small studio the kind of uh reasonable scope i guess to to fit within a particular box and then you can charge a little bit less for it ideally hopefully nobody crunched to get this done like you know it not everything has to be a billion dollar animated cutscene. you know we, we can just have a humble really well put together game um and i just i hope it's I hope it does well because I think Ubisoft should learn the lesson from this. Nathan, do you have a question? Yeah, James, is there much in the way of mm. character progression here? Or is the game fairly structured in how it gives you your upgrades and that? Like, can you use um, any, like, grinding no. or anything you can do? Yeah, a lot of them are tied to the story. Um, so, like, di different weapons you get very quickly in, in quick succession as part of the story in the beginning. And then the Athra Surges and the print, like, the kind of time powers. Uh, I think... At a certain point, you can go in a couple of different directions, but for the most part, you're going to be on a relatively linear sort of uptick of, of power here. Absolutely. You've got the the kind of basic, like, you can increase damage and you can increase, mm. like, the amount of damage you can take and things like that through some, like, collecting the time crystals and stuff. But, yeah, there's yeah. not much yeah. else in the way yeah. of, like, abilities and stuff that you can... There's no, like, branching trees, I suppose. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, like, yeah. particular builds. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Cool. How much have you played, Adam? Uh, I'd say maybe three, three, maybe four hours of it. I still, I, I'm way, way off because the game is actually deceptively difficult, um, but accessibly so, like James was saying. Uh, mm -hmm. Like the combat is not hard to understand. Like depending on where you point the the uh, thumbstick, it you can like throw them up for a, a volley or you can smash down for like a, a ground pound attack and it, it it all feels very natural like you you don't really need a tutorial almost like i remember mm. i played this at pax and i caught you know in that environment you're given a controller and it's kind of off you go and i didn't feel out of place like I, you just kind of innately know how to play the game um and yeah it's mm. it's fantastic i i cannot wait to to play more and yeah i see my playing see myself playing it for a long old time it's great it's really really good cool very nice well james you gave it a 9.5 the review is over once again on the website um i'll very quickly go i played a game called the night is great it's a little point click game i've been keen for for quite some time it's been like seven years in the making i think it's been on my wish list for like four or five years uh it's basically you uh <clears throat> plays this old guy you you play as this guy who like stumbles out of the woods he's running from these wolves and he comes across this young uh, abandoned girl like this young like six seven eight year old girl um and he's like well you're not going to survive with these wolves out here you better come with me um her mum has not returned let's go and find your mum and we'll take you to your grandparents in this village and basically the, the yeah so that's kind of the story uh, but there's also another sort of underlying sort of theme that goes on here and that's a little bit like mental health and stuff like that and um, that goes on because uh, Graham, who's the main guy, he's quite, he's not very likable. Uh, he's kind of a bit of a 
bit of a dick, but he also like you kind of get the impression that he's just I don't say challenge is not the right word, but he's just doesn't know how to deal with like certain like social like sit like situations. Like he's clearly not been around kids that much, so he doesn't really know like she's like kind of sad sometimes, and he doesn't really know like what to do to kind of. He's just like you just it is what it is, mate. Like you just gotta, you know, life's hard kind of thing. Um, anyway, uh, it's about twelve hours long. I liked it at the start, but the puzzles can be quite hard but like by i think hard but too hard so they there are solutions that just don't make sense there's some uh logical stuff that is just illogical it doesn't like so there's one uh puzzle kind of or one uh part it's kind of halfway through the game maybe where you have to you see this pole with some nails on it and you have to poke holes in a in an object but the lights are off but you can see you can see the nails, right? And he goes, oh, there's nails here, blah, blah, blah. But then you try and use the use the object on the nails and it's like, no, it can't be done. So you have to actually have the lights on. But there's no like, sometimes the game gives you like little subtle, like Graham will say certain things that kind of give you an idea that you have to go and something, like you have to go and do something. Other times it just doesn't tell you anything. And you're just left to like trial and error. So there's one time where I was farting about in this, in this maybe in the mind, there's like a mind section um and i could not figure out like what to do and then only by chance that i went and spoke to the girl like i went and spoke to the young girl just to see you know what you know have a chat and then she was like oh i found this thing and it's like like you know i've been looking for half an hour kind of thing so that's kind of the only that's one side on it because yeah there was some of the puzzles just were quite challenging uh one of them i actually had to speak to the developer because i was like i just i just don't understand like i don't understand what i'm meant to be doing here um so you know and they were super nice but yeah i gave it a six and a half because the ending it kind of has this story where in 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 the trailer you'll see this wolf and a looks like a person starting to come out of the wolf so you're like oh maybe it's werewolves maybe it's something cool maybe it's something like that ending kind of just a, and also in this like little village i think it's in the late 70s that this game set but in this village that they're in there's it's like a little mining there's like a mine and all this law that you read and these notes and stuff kind of says that something bad or like something something really bad has gone down they like the the mine's abandoned but it just kind of ignores all that like in like the two like two thirds of the way through the game it kind of just goes nah and just moves off in a whole different direction and then the ending is a twist but it's kind of a you don't really like it's one of those twists where it's like it's up to your interpretation of what this twist is and i think they've gone down a generic route so if you and you'll know what i mean if you ever do play which you probably won't but um yeah anyway uh six and a half out of out of ten for that one you can go and read the review if you if you would like yeah nice very good all right uh speaking of another game with kids adam you have that's definitely a segue to review <laughs> the cub i have yes um so the cub is a platformer from demagogue studio which previously did golf club nostalgia which used to be called golf club wasteland which zach i think you did the review for from i think i gave an eight out of ten yeah yeah I th- i'm pretty sure you did yeah mm. uh, i thought golf club wasteland was fantastic great little puzzle game that has an awesome setting, like post-apocalyptic. Uh, it's set 
where the earth has suffered the great ecological catastrophe is what they refer to it as uh, man-made of course naturally um, and the the top one percent fuck off to mars to live on the red planet because earth is uninhabitable so in golf club wasteland you play as one of these martians comes back to earth and plays a round of golf because you know why not play golf on the the corpse of you know thousands of people that died anyway um in in the, the through the course of golf club wasteland you catch glimpses of this little pale boy uh who's seemingly just living on the planet having mutated after the catastrophe and the cub is it it picks up as you playing as that boy so it's a direct sequel like very much is a direct sequel but it's it hops genres completely so not a puzzle game goes straight into a platformer, which I think is, is really cool. It explores the same world, but just from a completely different perspective. Um, so yeah, as far as the, the gameplay is concerned, it's a fairly basic take on kind of nineties platformers like Aladdin or, um, trying to think of another one. Lion King was another one. Um, so it very much feels like those old, sure, sure. It feels like those old school platformers though. So it's, it's basic. You run double jump, swing, slide. And then later in the game, you get a dash where you can like charge through objects. Uh, but it, it all feels fairly satisfying. The levels are very well set out. They have multiple paths that you can take. So there's uh, hidden collectibles all around the place. They all kind of come back to the, the one point. So if you missed it the first time around, you play it again, you'll get a slightly different experience. They're very well built. Um, but I did find that some of the set pieces require you to be very precise. It's not a precision platformer. It's one of those that after you've ceased your input, they'll, the character will take like an extra step Mm -hmm. or there's moments where you're flying in the sky and they'll kind of drift a little bit before they come to a stop. Um, and that didn't quite mesh with some of the set pieces that want you to be super, super accurate. Um, so that was a little bit frustrating, uh, combined with the fact that some of the checkpoints are maybe a little bit scarce and it, it seemed to be a crossover. So when there was a part that, you know, you found yourself dying a lot, the checkpoint will be ages back. So you kind of need to trudge your way back through, but outside of that, the, the platforming is, is very solid. Um, art style wise, it, it carries over from, from Wasteland as well. So it's very warm tones and it's very vibrant. So lots of kind of radioactive neon pinks mixed in with the greens of the, the forest. So it's gorgeous. Um, and the other holdover from Wasteland is the radio station, which is radio nostalgia from Mars. So early on, you get one of the, the helmets from one of the Martians that has, given it to you let's say he's dead takes it from a corpse pops it on and he can hear the the radio station so you get a very triple j monotone uh radio presenter that kind of gives you little snippets of lore uh it doesn't feel like an exposition dump it feels very natural um you also get these gorgeous um kind of haunting tracks that play that were composed for the game uh they're beautiful i i think there's some some really awesome music to be to be heard. Um, and occasionally you'll get Martians that call in and kind of regale tales from the, from when they used to live on earth. Um, and it's a really, it's a really subtle and nice storytelling device. Like it gives you these little snippets of what came before without 
shoving it in your face. It's yeah. Even though it is very much tell instead of show it, it still feels organic, I suppose. But yeah, the, the world itself is, is very, very cool. So I ended up giving it an eight out of 10, same as golf club wasteland. Uh, the, the, the main issues just being those, those few little issues with some of the set pieces, but otherwise top notch, really liked it. I played maybe half an hour of it the other night and it's yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't will click say with you on, straight away. No, on the radio side, I will say, I think golf club, whatever it's called, nostalgia is a better setup for that premise of just always having someone talking um i found when i was trying to do platforming it kind of got a little bit annoying when it wasn't music when because because when they do these like the stories you know when people call in and stuff they can go for like several minutes of just talking and it's just like Mm -hmm. it's like i don't care anymore like i just want to focus on platforming um whereas when you're playing golf it kind of just you're chilling out a bit it's pretty Um, passive so that was my kind of only take on on the on the radio part but yeah Hmm. Cool. Very nice. Uh, review up on the website. Go check it out. There's also a video review. You can hear Adam's delicious voice as he... Uh, what's the word? Narrates. Said that weird. Narrates a uh, video. James, you got one more yep. for us. Yeah, just super Another quick. one. Uh, another code recollection. Uh, this is uh, the duology of Sing, Sing with a C. This was a uh, sort of independent Japanese studio from back in the day. Um, they collaborated with some pretty big uh, brand names at the time, obviously Nintendo being one of them. This thing is on the Switch. Um, it's uh, an original DS game and a Wii game that they have. Uh, it, it's been remastered effectively sort of remade uh unified with a brand new art style um uh, yeah they're sort of adventure mystery games that i don't have a huge amount to say about um i I think that this thing is a really cool product in terms of preservation uh because i think sing is a a very like cult beloved kind of studio um and i'm glad that fans of another code get a chance to have both these games in such a uh you know neat package let's say um Personally, as someone who doesn't have any sort of affinity for another code as a franchise, I thought that these were totally fine. Um, I think that the the new art style they've given it is, in my review, I called it kind of like a gentrified version of the original games because it's very smoothed out. It's very kind of modern uh, CGI anime, if if you can sort of understand the visual reference point I'm I'm trying to pull up there. Um, It's it's fine. It just, it doesn't have a lot of the charm that I think, especially the DS game had, because the DS was such a particular unit. It, everything had a very like crunchy, jagged aesthetic to it. Um, And I think a, an attempt to translate that more directly would have been really cool to see. Um, The camera was also a massive pain in the ass. Like quite literally, that thing is just driven up there and never leaves your back um and a lot of this game is sort of exploring uh you know interiors and whatnot and and small environments where you're trying to solve puzzles and navigating those spaces with a camera that is just constantly swiveling around because it doesn't quite know where to put itself was uh quite frustrating um on the story side we're, we're following uh i've already forgotten her name is it ashley nathan is that correct bro i forgot this game like honestly i <laughs> straight oh, after i finished it, it was yeah. gone yeah yeah Exactly. It's it's a, a very melodramatic uh, sort of pair of games about uh, two scientists who have a brilliant daughter and then I think the mum dies 
and the dad goes missing. And then the first game is about finding your dad. And the second game is about sort of uncovering the mysteries behind, behind your mother and the broader world that the, uh, Sing was building out uh, across these and other code titles. Um, again, very melodramatic, very, I would say, kid-friendly is, is maybe a bit too soft, but like young adult, this would be a great first kind of like Netflix-ish kind of mystery for, for them to absorb. Mm. But I do think there's a lot of sincerity in here as well. I think sometimes it's dealing with a generational trauma in a really interesting way. Great. Uh, just not particularly memorable as is evidenced by the fact that two of us have played this now and can't remember the protagonist's name. Um, there you go. Yeah. An another code recollection. Uh, get it if you're a fan. If not, play the demo and see how you feel about it. Like, What's the score? Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Seven, I believe. Yeah, Stone yeah. Cold James 7. It's and been that, a while since one of those. That's how I would have felt back <laughs> in the day. Like, I remember playing this. I think it might have been a launch title. Like, we're talking 2004, mm. launch of the Nintendo DS. And it was one of those games that was kind of pushing the touchscreen and, like, blowing into mm. the microphone. And, and what was currently, like, impressive technology back then, uh, it was mm. a gimmick then, though, as well. Like, it's not a game that I would recommend to anyone, like, well into the lifespan of the DS. So I don't know how it would necessarily appeal outside of established fans for the Switch. Yeah. Like pressing a screen is, is commonplace to us now. Uh, oddly enough, though, this doesn't use the Switch touchscreen. So uh, Nothing very, very bizarre. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it does use the gyro, though. So there's a very early puzzle. I, I specifically call this out in my review because it drove me insane. There's like a, a key inside of a stool you have to kind of shake loose by tilting the uh, the Switch and everything. And it just felt broken like i i spent a solid five to ten minutes just sitting on my bed going uh uh um not not a not a particularly good time so hmm. nice very good uh well you can check out any of these reviews we've spoken about on the website before we get into the next section of the potty we're gonna hear from our good mate ash whaling who's got something to say about good old steel series are you looking to upgrade your content Tired of being drowned out by the world around you? Then look no further than the SteelSeries Alias Pro microphone and the free-to-use Sonar software suite. The SteelSeries Alias Pro has been engineered to capture richer and deeper audio thanks to a cardioid capsule that's three times larger than most other mics on the market. And when used with Sonar's AI-enhanced noise cancellation, your voice will be clearer than ever. The Alias Pro utilizes an XLR connection with 48 volt phantom power to capture more and can facilitate a dual PC setup thanks to the included preamp DAC, allowing you to effortlessly solve audio routing and adjust levels on the fly. The controls even act as a stream mixer, so you can adjust volume or mute, and it has RGB lighting. Gaming just found its voice. Alias Pro, available now, has everything you need to make yourself be heard. Alrighty, thank you, Mr. Whaling, and thank you once again to Steel Series for sponsoring the Well Played DLC podcast. Now, if you listened to the last episode last year, you'll know that we actually postponed our Well Played Game Awards for 2023 to this first episode of 2024 because of all the juicy titles that were uh, that sorry that came out last year. Just to give us a couple extra weeks to kind of play through anything that we needed to touch up on or, or catch up on. And go from there. The votes are in. They've been counted. They've been cross-checked by Armaguard and everything. And we've got <laughs> the results here. So let's go through them. I'm going to have to do it on my laptop. So <clears throat> now, firstly, if you have never listened to or read or 
heard about the Well Played Game Awards before, then how dare you? But the way that it works is we do a... Uh, if you have ever... If you follow the AFL uh, football and if you know of the Brownlow medal, the three-vote system, you'll know how this works then. So basically, we have a three-vote system where three votes is given to your game of the year, two votes is to your second game of the year, and one vote to your to your first uh, third game of the year. So the votes, so you, you know your highest game or your game of the year is weighted. So you see, listeners, three is one, and one, and is, one three. is three. <laughs> yeah. So you so you're giving three votes to your favorite game because it's weighted the highest. Anyway, these guys can never understand it. Everyone always fucks it up in the. Uh, in the in the forms though actually so only two people the brown lows, mate. this year come on <laughs> i even give you the instructions in the in the form anyway two people we don't did listen it, to you when you talk what it makes you think we're going to listen to you in text <laughs> form are you kidding <laughs> can you guess who one of the people were who butchered the Ash numbering Wiley. no oh, oh me. apologies ash oh. no okay. everyone here was good Oh. Kieran Stockton. Hey. Oh. <laughs> the good doctor. Kieran. The good fucking doctor. Anyway. He was cool, drinking so his $4 it. bottle of wine at the time, probably. Can't trust him to book <laughs> yeah. flights. Can't trust him to make it. No. So we've got a bunch of categories. Uh, yeah. And this year, uh, some people kind of fucked with the categories too. So the first category that we'll read out is the best Aussie game of 2023. Now... This one was a little bit sad because there weren't that many votes. Uh, mm. I got uh, one of the responses was "lol." The <laughs> other response was "I don't play Australian games." Uh, <laughs> that seems like a weird and, uh, hill to die. Fuck, I hope someone put dredge in there. Do we get dredge in there? Uh, two people put dredge as their yeah, favorite not, Aussie mate? game, Aussie <laughs> game of the year, we'll just which is actually the, yeah. a New Zealand made game. So. Uh, we may move, I've already, uh, Adam and I spoke about this, but we may move actually next year, we may expand that this category to give it a bit more life to um, best A and Z game. There we go. Because... So we're just going to rope in New Zealand and be like, we're desperate guys. You need to bolster That's our it. category. We took Pavlova <laughs> and now we're going to take all of your games. It's Russell Crowe all over again, mate. Like, yeah. <laughs> Authentic. They never fight back. All right, so best Aussie game. We got uh, Stray Gods, the role-play musical with one vote and Bilkins Foley, one vote at the very, very bottom. There's the anchors shout-outs to those for getting some votes. Coming in at second place, sorry, third place, we've got Moving Out 2 on four votes. No, yeah, second place. Moving Out 2 and Repeller Fella on equal four votes. And the winner for best Aussie game of the year is James's favourite, Gubbins, on nine votes. Gubbins. So Gubbins took... Takes home Australian Game of the Year in the Well Played Game Awards. So, yay! Good job, Insert hey, Club. Congratulations, Govins. It's congratulations. the only word game I keep on my phone. I don't play it much, but it's just nice to have a word game on my phone. And mm. that's mm. The, that is the only one. I, I genuinely that. I genuinely thought when you said there was one that had all the votes, I actually thought it was going to be moving out too. So there mm-hmm. you go. Barely got to look in, mate. It was you and I think someone else, maybe. Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. All right. Best performance. So, again, we only had uh, in this category, people only had two nominations because I find that this one gets a bit trickier. On one vote at the very, very bottom. Sorry, go. Sorry. No, no, I'm just being uh, being a (laughs) me. It was a ripper year for for VAs. 
It was. Hard to keep yeah. it at two. Hard to tell from the votes. So, <laughs> on... Uh... <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So, on one vote uh, at the very bottom, we've got Aaron Yvette, who played Ayer from Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, Air. Is that how that you That wasn't it? me. No, Amazing. that wasn't you. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, 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 sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, alongside yep. her, we got Cameron Monaghan, who played Cal, I don't know how it's spelled, it's pronounced like Cacestus? Cal Kestis? let's go. Cal Kestis. Okay. Not even a Japanese uh, name. <laughs> from Star Wars Jedi Survivor, then we had uh, Michael Adam Thwaite, who played the Merchant in RE4. We then had, <laughs> we then had Chris... Chris Hackney, who played Four Rusty. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, V V Four Rusty from Armored Corp. Right, the guy um, who calls you Buddy all the time. You right. can imagine why that worked. And then we had uh, Idris Elba, who plays Solomon Reed in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Phantom Liberty. On two votes, we had, oh boy, we had Takuya Kuroda, who played Kazuma Kiryu from Like a Dragon Gaiden. Oh, cute. Uh, we had Ralph Innocent, who played Sid in Final Fantasy 16. Had Lily Gao, who played Ada Wong in RE4. Uh, and Nadge, Anthony Jetta, who played Miles Morales in Marvel's Spider-Man 2 mm. on two votes. All right, third place, we had Ben Starr, who played Clive in Final Fantasy 16. Second place, Melanie LeBird, who played Saga Anderson in Alan Wake 2, and then the winner was Neil Newborn, who played Asterian in Baldur's Gate 3 on eight votes. So good job to Big Neil. I know he's a big fan of the, huge fan of the show, so he'll be listening and, you know, put that, print that. Should have him on for 30 seconds. Can I weigh in on this one super quick, just to be a petty bitch? Yeah. So I've never got the hype around this character and this voice actor for one very petty reason. April, because we've been playing as a cooperative playthrough, keeps cucking me hard with that character spends all of our downtime at camp trying to fuck that character i have to sit here and literally sometimes a window of an hour at a time waiting for her to get a rocks off before we can continue playing so i got no time for him i'm sure he's a great guy and a brilliant voice actor i wouldn't know i don't care just sleep with nathan already all right best i got a best soundtrack Coming in at one vote at the very, very bottom here, we've got... Oh, hold on. I need a button. Uh, we've got El Paso Elsewhere. Uh, we've got Quake 2 Remastered. we got Diablo 4. And we got Bramble the Mountain King. That's a clip. Two votes. we got L- Lunacid. Luna- what? Two votes? Oh. Yeah, interesting. Sorry, I thought I was the only one here who played yeah, Lunacid. Sur- That's very exciting. Well, wow. you were. You gave it two votes. So, um, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Watch the Brownlows. Come on, bro. Mortal Kombat. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1, 2 votes. Star Ocean, this, the second story, <laughs> 2 votes. Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Cocoon, and Star of Sea. Uh, sorry, Sea of Stars on 2 votes. Then we've got 3 votes. We've got Hi-Fi Rush, Armored Core, Six Fires of Rubicon, Season, A Letter to the Future, Marvel hey. Spider-Man 2. Uh, and then on 4 votes, which is, this is 3rd? No, sorry. Not quite. Uh... Four votes, Ghost Runner 2 in Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, and Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Third place, we got Lies of P on five votes. Hey. 
Second place, we got Final Fantasy 16 on five votes. Actually, I guess they're equal second. And uh, first, we got Alan Wake 2 on nine votes. So good job there to big Alan Wake on best soundtrack. Yeah, I was uh, surprised when James, when I heard that you played Season, I think you might have tweeted about it or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep. surely, surely that soundtrack is going to be in your... Uh... It was after I'd submitted my votes. So, uh, right. yeah, otherwise, um, yeah, sound design as well probably would have gotten a vote in for that game, but here we are. Here we are. Speaking of sound design, we got one vote for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We got Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. We got Liza P. We got Lunacid. And we got Hogwarts Legacy. Two votes. We got Mortal Kombat 1, Ghost Runner 2, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Super Bro Mario. What? Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Uh, then we got three votes. We've got Diablo 4, Baldur's Gate 3, and Marvel Spider Man 2. Seven votes. Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. Yeah, there are some weird guys in this. Equal second on eight votes. Dead Space and RE4. Yes. That's a yes. good equal second. And the winner is Alan Wake 2 on 14 yeah. votes. Damn. It's a little different. G. Mm. All right. Best game design. Awarded to best game design. God, this is such a nebulous category. Let's go. <clears throat> is I think think it's well. Oh, it's... I mean, even the category description isn't complete, so uh, no, that's definitely I think led to a bit of. <laughs> I was hoping that someone wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> uh... Don't worry about that. Though. I thought um, that was intentional. It's like we don't we don't need what is design. We don't need uh, exactly. It's it is what it is. You know, it is. It's, it's whatever choose, you want. It's it to a choose be. your own category. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Uh, on one vote, we got Synapse, Synapse, got Hi-Fi Rush, Street Fighter Six, and we got Lies of P. On two votes, we got Remnant 2, Diablo 4, Sea of Stars. Three votes, Ghost Runner 2, Cocoon, and Marvel Spider-Man 2. Equal five votes. Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, <laughs> and RE4. Second mm. place. Sorry, no, third place now. Third place. We got six votes. Alan Wake 2. Second place. Nine votes. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. First place, 13 votes. Boulders Gate 3. Fair shout. I liked it. Sure. All righty. Now I think we start to get to some of the ones that are a bit tighter. (laughs) Waiter. Best art style. One vote. Star Ocean, the second story. R. Lunacid. Dodorjane, or however you would, we have we say that name, that one, the watercolored one. I vote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sea of Stars. Then you got two votes. Final Fantasy 16. Lies of P. Ghost Runner 2. No, sorry. Lies of P. Um, then you've got three votes. Ghost Runner 2. Salt Sea Chronicles, Armored Core, Six Fires of Rubicon, Four Votes, Cocoon, Equal Third on Five Votes, Dredge and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Cool, cool. Okay. Second place has 11 votes. 
First place has 12 votes. Oh, tight race. Second place, 11 votes. Hi-Fi Rush. First place, 12 votes. Alan Wake 2. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) It's a week sweep. Best narrative. One vote, Bramble the Mountain King. A Space for the Unbound, Final Fantasy 16. Two votes, Dredge, Phantom Liberty, Did 2077. Did have a conversation? <laughs> it's bad. Uh, we'll take you out back. <laughs> um, what's that? I should... About Final... Who... Someone on the team oh, right. needs to be talking... spoken to about Final Fantasy I thought you were talking about me. No. Um, no. <laughs> t- uh, two votes, Dredge and Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. Uh, all right. Six votes. On equal six votes here. Mar- Marvel Spider-Man 2, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Third place... Lies of P, seven votes. Hey. Second place, 15 votes. First place, 16 votes. Oh, my. All right. Baldur's Gate, three. Second place, 15 votes. What? Oh. What? Alan Wake, two. 16 votes, first place. Winner of best oh, narrative. damn. What? Oh, All right. Multiplayer game of oh, the year. Oh, this be a good one. Come on, baby. Oh, mate, you... Oh, I was come like, on, I feel no, dirty. Have it. I, I get my, my, <laughs> the one oh, I gave God. one to was such a... It was just filling a gap. I hate myself for mm-hmm. it. I agree. Well, <laughs> I was surprised at uh, something. One vote. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Battlefield 2042. Kamazoo. Street Fighter 6. I could have put Battlefield in there. I would have. You could have, mate. I thought it Old was like three, a game that released Warframe. in 2023. No, it was just... It used to be ongoing, but then I just changed it from... But then live, fucking but, Cyberpunk won Best gonna... Ongoing at the Game Awards. Yeah, yeah well, they don't know what Game that continues to be played award. And I believe <laughs> yeah. the game that Nathan voted for, for his one vote, Payday 3. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's play it after after Potty. Let's go. All right, two votes, GTFO. To? I, I so badly misunderstood this category. Overwatch 2 uh, and Lethal Company. Overwatch 2. Third okay. place. We know who did that one. Third yeah. place. Three votes. The finals. Three Second... votes. I gave it two. Someone else here has sense. Let's go. <laughs> Big Ralphie. You can uh, thank him. So, second place, six votes. First place, seven votes. Oh, no. All right. Six votes. Second place. Fortnite. So close. I know. I was like, no fucking way. (laughs) (laughs) First place, seven votes, Diablo 4. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'll I'll do better next year. But no, I'm happy with Diablo 4. Indie Vibes Game of the Year. So with this category, we we wanted to separate self-published indies and indies that are published by, you know, big companies that have money behind them. So there was a bit of confusion in this category. Uh, Some people gave... You're saying Indie Vibes category was confusing? No, the indie category people were confused about. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So... One vote, Indie Vibes Game of the Year, Wild Hearts, Chance of Sanaa, Warhammer 40,000 Bolt Gun, and Thirsty Suitors. 
two votes. We had Planet of Lana, Gunbrella, Viewfinder, Mahu Kenshi. Three votes. We had A Space for the Unbound, The Cosmic Wheel, Sisterhood, Lies of P. I left that one in there because I was like, sure. It's not even, you know. I, I could make the case for it. I didn't make that vote, but I could make the case for it. Hmm. Hi-Fi Rush, Chia. Third place, Dave the Diver on five votes. Second place on six votes, Cocoon. First place with a whopping 16 votes, Dredge. Bloody deserves it. All right, Indie Game of the Year. This is when we got a couple of indie vibes in here, and I was like, no, sorry about you've uh those votes are yeah. void we need an actual indie game for this <clears throat> yeah so one vote i don't even know how to pronounce this game but Su- pseudo do gorilla galia you don't just make okay. up shit i don't know <laughs> that's what i'll do next year when I can't someone put might have just there. put that in i might have just i, just, I didn't vet it <laughs> so i was like sure <laughs> sure uh one vote Chia, one vote Out of Terror, one vote On Guard. Two votes, The Finals, El Paso Elsewhere. Three votes, Lunacid, Midnight Girl, Jossant. Four votes, Lethal Company. Jossant is not in... It's, pu- it's published yeah, by Indies. Don't Nod. It's published by Don't Nod. Yeah, um, okay, all right, sure. That's, I was only going because I voted for they this. Are, they are the rules. You're... Your three favorite self-published indie game. They are. Yes. I'm only following the rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, five votes, Repeller, Fella. Second place, six votes, Sea of Stars. 13 votes, the winner, Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Mm. Didn't vote. We need Happy a new with those. Fucking, we need a new name for indie. We need to we, tear it but all like, down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But where do Let's you... Like, start again. Like, where do you draw the line, though? I don't, uh, I don't have the answers. I don't be, have the I think to be fair, this. I only played like two of those games. Uh, <laughs> 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 that fair. Like when I heard Wild Hearts, like, oh shit, yeah, that was a thing, yeah. Mm. Like this is indie publisher this... EA. That's fucking me up, right? Like that's yeah. Well, okay. that I again. It's EA one originals vote. though, James. So it's practically the same like, thing. <laughs> as <an indie. laughs> it was uh, one vote, so I was like, eh, sure. Yeah. yeah. You're so compassionate mm. this year. But see, if you then went and did like It Takes Two or uh, Unravel, that mm-hmm. would fit in indie vibes, right? So Correct. So, mm. That's why these categories just don't, uh, they just, you know, they just, they just don't, they just don't I, work, do I they? I think using indie as shorthand for anything that's not a action-adventure experience is a really terrible idea. Um, and I think we should move away from that. But that's think, my take. So. I think we had all of what, like, thirty minutes to figure out what do we call this category before we I sent the mm. votes out. So mm-hmm. maybe next year we'll rephrase that. That's it. I think um, in our internal chats outside of the podcast, we might have to like throw a few nominations together because I, I couldn't like come up. I couldn't yeah. drum up. And then you folks. Well, I, said, said, I said. Um, what did I say? Like boutique game of the year or something like that. Or oh, not, not the like genre, that. but exa- like examples, nominees. Because I was right, thinking the right. genre, I was like, oh, I can't mm. think of any. And then someone said Baldur's Gate after us. I was like, well, do I would have put that in? It's just I blanked. It's my bad. Mm. You are bad. Thanks. Ben. All right, game of the year. Let's do it. How exciting! One vote. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Not me, but bless Kirby. 
one vote, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It's worth a nod. One vote. Good on you. Worth a nod. Diablo 4. One vote, Street Fighter 6. One vote, Chia. Two votes, Remnant 2. Two votes, Lies of P. Two votes, Cocoon. And two votes, The Sea of Stars. Three votes. Oh, better be high there. Three votes to Ghost Runner 2. And, surprisingly, Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Only one person voted for that game. Gave it a three. Wasn't touched was... anywhere else. Hmm. Didn't play it. Otherwise, probably would have given it something. It's just snuck in too late in the year. Four votes. Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. You failed me. <laughs> Top four. We're now at the top four. So, for context, the winner is on 12 votes. The second one is on 11 votes. Ooh. You love to see it. Fourth place on five votes. Resident Evil 4. <laughs> That's why you included a top four? Uh, well, I, yeah. mentioned top, I mentioned to do the top five, but I missed, uh, I missed my cue. Sorry about that. Gotcha. Uh Third place on seven votes, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Very good. Second place on 11 votes, Alan Wake 2. Oh, good. I was going to say, if we have to go through the press start shit of cop and flack, like, oh, God, I don't want to do that again. Those guys are martyrs. Game of the year for well played for 2023 is Baldur's Gate 3 yeah, on boy. 12 votes. One vote, the winner. I'm genuinely surprised by that. Uh, mm, me too. What have you guys been playing? Baldur's Gate got a lot of threes. Alan Wake didn't. Yeah. Mm. No, fair fair I think enough. Alan Wake, I think Alan Wake got more votes, but because it was like ones yeah. and ones. Um, yeah, it's the beauty yeah. of the the wonderful three point um, brown brownlow system. It really is. Do you know what? I'm, well, you're I'm yeah, doing that brown nose that there. Three. Well, your game of the year should be you know the highest weighted. I think so. It makes sense. But uh, congratulations to Baldur's Gate three and Larion. I know they're huge fans. They're probably waiting for this to drop. Clamoring. Five a.m. Yeah. on Friday. This Absolutely. is the uh, you know the final trophy for the cabinet. I reckon. So congratulations to all winners. Uh, any anyone have any surprises that they thought? Uh, you know, I, th- I, th- I th- sorry, I thought maybe Cocoon would have gotten a bit more love. Most of the we just didn't play it, bro. We don't dislike. I it. think that I genuinely think that that is it because I think that game is absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, most of the the nominations that it got were mine. I was following along. And I was like, I gave this two. And you would say, on two points. I'm like, ah, okay, yeah, cool. Um, mm. So, yeah, if there's a takeaway, absolutely play Cocoon. Because I think it's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was I was very surprised at Marvel's Spider-Man 2. And then I was actually probably more surprised at RE4. I thought this would feature more. Mm. Didn't take the top I only got spot. five votes. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think it would take top spot. I mean, I'm surprised it fucking came fourth. Like to be honest, like when I saw that it only had two people voted on it, and it had five votes, I was like, "Fuck, it's gonna be like in the middle of the, the run." But it was did, because yeah, it was, it was a big, uh, big crowd. 
Did we get zero mention of Dead Space that's remake? That's what I was about to say, because I would have ranked that above Resi. I, I thought think that was audio design. That one, I that mean, well, that came equal second in audio in, yeah. in sound design, oh, okay. which I thought was sorry. phenomenal. I was talking. Sorry, I'm talking like about. Sorry, I'm talking about year. game of the year. Sorry. I think a top three in this year or last year. I don't know where you fit that in. If if you played all the games mm-hmm. that you know that are in the in the race kind of thing, um, mm. which I think most people kind of did, like at least ninety to eighty percent of them. I feel like a lot of us definitely hit the big ones. Um, yeah. Although I, I think uh, Zelda's absence in a lot of these lists, I think, speaks to maybe. I don't know. Like, I never got around to it. Uh, it's a Zelda game I just never went back to. It just didn't um, hit the same way for me. Like, it's, it's retreading yeah. so much to the same ground. Yeah, there's so much new shit in it, but it's just not hitting the same way. It's grabbing me. I've, mm. I've put 20, 20 odd hours in. It's still like... If... I've been in the same cave for <laughs> three sessions now. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, so, yeah. The, That's how I feel. The gratitude you get out of... <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> uh very good though very uh, nice um fuck yeah some good yeah some good ones i thought i really thought hi-fi rush was going to take home best best art style and then when i tallied up the votes i was like fucking now it's missed by one mm. spewing yeah no completely fair i think that game's art style is phenomenal but it's just it it's not a genre that interests me at all and that's just kind of how mm. it goes with with the voting for for these things it is yeah i think up to the well, it's based on what, and what we played right so that's the exactly you know. yeah yeah mm. um and there's a lot of like i i want to be in the the same space that everyone is with Baldur's gate 3 like i want to love mm-hmm. it so much but it is so daunting that every time mm-hmm. i sit down at my desk and go all right i want to play something I just, I can't, I can't click on it because it's just mm-hmm. so, it's intimidating. Yeah, you're still struggling with that early learning curve because it's steep. I haven't booted up the game. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, I, I think it's new player experience is quite, quite daunting. And I'm very sympathetic mm-hmm. to folks that are struggling to get in the door. Yeah. The loop I've fallen into with it is I started it, got a couple of hours in, was like, I see the appeal, can't wait to play more of this, put it down for... A month tried again was like I've forgotten absolutely everything about this game yeah, because no it was just so dense. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I'm sure I'd love it when I do get around to it. You're gonna have to treat it like a big book. Mm. Mm. Good job. All right, do we want to quickly go through our biggest disappointment and then we can whip through our own personal lists for yeah. game of the year? Still, our our games of the year. Uh, I mean, I guess for me, it's pretty easy. Probably Quantum Error would be the biggest biggest flop that I played. Uh, I gave that a three. I wasn't expecting, you know, again, like I wasn't expecting greatness, but I didn't think it would be that stinky. Um, I'm amazed, like, how you didn't need some kind of recovery program after playing as much of that as you did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it put me in a right stinky mood. And I only played like three hours, and God, that three hours felt long. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in terms of disappointment, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure what I found disappoint. Like, yeah. Does anyone have a disappointment that they want to talk about? Yeah, man. Uh, Redfall. Oh, uh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah. Fair shout. Yeah, that 
That was a game that should have been a banger, and it was trash. Um, mm. Really, it's just a bit of a shame. Like yeah. unequivocally trash too. Like we won't have debates or future yeah. conversations about that. It's just a stinker. Yeah, a real shame. I have a a disappointment one, which was WrestleQuest. Mm. Uh, it's the the little yes. little wrestling uh, pixel art RPG. It everything about it seemed like the perfect marriage of wrestling and old school video games. And it seemed like it just, it should work. And I really wanted it to. And I tried, it's what, it was one of those games that I, I put effort into trying to like it. Like, you know, when you, you want so bad for something to click and it Mm -hmm. just, it just didn't, the, the systems were irritating and it, it was, yeah, it just wasn't, at all what I wanted it to be, which was really unfortunate. Nathan, you got a disappointment? Oh, no. You... Yeah, man. I yeah. got a disappointment and a stinker. Stinker's the same as yours. Quantum Era, having the privilege to join you alongside that. Um, yeah, that was tough, bro. You're but welcome. the disappointment was Final Fantasy 16, which is by no means a bad game. It's just a game that I... I mean, by some means, but... what. Uh, well, yeah, okay. For, from there are definitely some like gameplay elements of it that just make no sense to the point of being absurd. Like th- that lack of progression and it like trying to mm. moonlight as an RPG that simply isn't is aggravating. Um, but yeah, like none of it, none of it really hit the caliber that I expected of it. It looked great, but none of it was functional. It sounded great, but to what ends? The story didn't go anywhere interesting, and the gameplay just gives up after about five hours anyway. And then you times that by 10 till he hits the credits. So yeah, that, that was a chore of 50 hours that I kind of want back. Like I would rather have watched somebody else play that. I didn't need mm. to play that. Um, so let's hope that we mm. get something better with like, we got Final Fantasy seven rebirth. Um, I'm kind of hedging my bets on that now. Let's see how that goes. I reckon um, for me, it'd be probably be payday three would be the biggest disappointment. Yeah. Um, just for a fun factor, like I thought it would be better. Like I thought it would be we have more. Yeah, fair. It was bare bones. More advanced than than just a reskin kind of, but uh, reskin of a game that already felt far too old for twenty twenty three. Yeah. All right, let's go. I, our... Just very quickly. Sorry, sorry yeah. I forgot to to chuck in my stinker, which was different from the others, which is Lord of the Rings Gollum because mm. that game. Oh. You, you Made me, I, review, I reviewed that I too, did. didn't I? You did. Um, and I played I played it I to... You were like, oh, just so we can have some conversation on the podcast. <laughs> That's what he did just, for me, bro. That's it. how he got me in on Quantum Era. <laughs> load it up and give it a play. And I... Like, you know, there are some games that are bad, but you just like, you can have a laugh at them. This made me... Like, I hate this game. Mm. I aggressively hate when you this have game a because it felt like reaction <laughs> absolutely like i could feel it wasting my time and that aggravated me mm-hmm. um and it just it shits all over the source material which is kind of hallowed ground at this point you don't mess with lord of the rings even though they continuously do um and yeah <laughs> a complete shit show of a game all righty shout outs to all those games for you know Leaving an impact in 2023. <laughs> Games for impact 2023. <laughs> James, what is yeah, your... Uh, you can do top five, you can do top three, you can do whatever you want. 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to go top five. Uh, I guess some quick shout outs for things that did uh, miss the top five, though. Um, obviously, Season Letter of the Future, I don't think is entirely successful at what it does, but I think is absolutely a very interesting uh, sort of little indie that I, most people should play. Uh, Jusant was fantastic as well. Uh, Adam, shout outs. I totally understand where, where that love came from. Another I'm just looking indie. through this like massive, sorry. And just another great indie title there. Two in a row. Another. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right um i'm having a look through the the 2023 lineup because there was just a staggering amount of games that i feel like i should give shout outs to like dead space was fantastic um other things that i'm sure i really enjoyed i liked a lot of forspoken i didn't get super deep into it but i enjoyed what i played i think there's so many interesting things going on in that i just yeah anyway oh and uh bayonetta origins legend mm. of cereza whatever it's Forget called that, um surprisingly great puzzle game um i think its narrative is kind of whatever if you don't care about bayonetta that's totally fine but the uh the core puzzle gameplay and combat is just uh, a real treat loved it so much um number five let's go with um a space for the unbound uh it was that little pixel indie game that i played at the very beginning of last year um nothing made me cry as much as that game made me cry last year it has such a yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So very culturally specific game, which was, it was a great year for those as well, obviously with stuff like Venber and Thirsty Suitors too. Um, but this one just completely has my heart, the way it deals with mental health and sort of self-improvement and, and self-love uh, through the lens of like a kind of retro arcade pixel art game was, was just tremendous. Uh, number four, fittingly Resident Evil 4 remake, absolute fucking banger. No notes. It, it, I gave it a 10 because it is a 10 really loved it it just didn't quite get a look in on like the the top three experiences for me of the year uh coming in at number three let's go with lies of p um far better than it had any right to be uh the first true claim to the souls like from somebody that's not from soft uh really cool narrative really cool ideas about lying incredible music uh like another game this year that we have to talk about it original songs that were sort of made for this with lyrics and and messaging and just muh, beautiful uh number two armored core six fires of rubicon which would have been my number one had it not been etched out by the same thing we're all gonna say um that game still remains tremendous the best sound design of the year in, in my opinion um from soft's tightest gameplay loop since Sekiro probably um just a just a tremendous game and Alan Wake 2 is my game of the year have not even finished it and I know it's the best thing I played last year and into this year it is so the I think I, I messaged this to Adam at the time and maybe even Nathan as well once I got to like the title card, which is, <laughs> I don't know, 30 seconds into this thing, full body goosebumps, yep. fucking fist pumping the air. Like this was the game. Um, and everything I've played since then, which is most of the way through the third episode now, or the third instance or whatever they're called uh, so far, I've just gotten up to the talk show, I guess, uh, for, for reference. Yep. Um, everything about it in terms of a cross media experience, uh, acting, art direction lighting sound design gameplay it's it's resident evil 4's kind of like little action loop but just really properly condensed into a nice little horror experience i just i absolutely adore this thing it's remedy firing on all cylinders and i'm so happy to see that they pulled this off nice very cool adam you can go next my friend tell us your wonderful three to five whatever you want to choose I shall. I'll give a few quick shout-outs similar to, to James did that, that missed the mark. 
uh, not missed the mark and missed out on the top five. <laughs> um, I'll shout out some some VR titles because they they don't get a great deal of love in um, the game of the year conversation. Horizon Call of the Mountain. I'm not a Horizon fan. I genuinely am a bit indifferent to the the mainline series. Um, but what Call of the Mountain does, as far as making you feel a part of that world, I think is very special. Um, but the best VR thing that I played this game this year is Synapse by a, an absolute country mile. As far as a power fantasy goes, it is completely unmatched in the VR space. I think the game is absolutely phenomenal and it's got a really great art direction as well. As far as my top five, I've completely forgotten what I was actually putting in my number five. So I'll do a top four to mix things up a little bit. Spider-Man 2 was my fourth. It just missed out on my top three. Um, I think the game is absolutely phenomenal. I loved the the first game in a, a, a very strong way. I platinumed it, 100%ed it, because I just didn't want to stop engaging with the systems that it set out. Spider-Man 2, I was confident wasn't going to give me the same feeling, but it did. Um, it does everything better. It has more confidence in what it is. Um, and it expands on the narrative element. I think the first game did a good job with as far as the, the, as the story progressed. Um, Spider-Man 2 tells a much more genuine and human story, and it's far more relatable in the themes that it plays around with. Uh, Jedi Survivor was my number three. I think that hey. game is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, as far as so taking what was... Absolutely. And I really, I really, really enjoyed the Fallen Order. I thought it was great. But if you're, if you're going to talk about Spider-Man 2 taking what came before and improving upon it, like Survivor just is leaps and bounds. It's, it's miles ahead. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic experience. And as far as like being a Star Wars nerd, holy fucking shit. <laughs> like that game will rock your socks off start to finish. It really will. Uh, number two was Cocoon, because I think as far as game design, it's near perfect. Um, it's coming from the lead designer from uh, Limbo and Inside, and it it very well tells, but it's a more involved experience. Like, it, it is a puzzle game. It's not kind of a, a platformer with some puzzle elements. It is a straight-up puzzle game, and it is near perfect. Like, it's as close to the enjoyment that I got from Portal 2 as I've felt since playing Portal 2. The game is top to bottom fantastic and it's wrapped in an audiovisual masterclass as well. Um, but yeah, Alan Wake 2 is is my game of the year with without a shadow of a doubt. I knew that, like James was saying, I knew that it was going to be the best thing I've played maybe like an hour into the game, I think. It took me a little bit longer to to kind of to get that feel, but more than anything, the game is unbelievably confident in everything it does. Like, and you feel that in every single way, whether it's gameplay, the artistic approach, the live action set pieces, it is so confident in every aspect. And I think Remedy is, they, they went from a, a studio that I admired to a studio that I loved in the course of 17 hours that I spent with the game. It's incredible. That's me. Nathan. Yeah, all right. my friend. So the quick couple that didn't make the top five cut will be uh, Resident Evil 4. 
and look, it's a brilliant game, but I cannot ignore the fact that... So, I, for context, I played that through on, like, hard or whatever, you know, the difficulty up from normal slash medium is. And I spent way too much time redoing those escort sequences, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, with old what's-her-name. Like, I was just getting stuck on those and becoming frustrated, and it tainted the experience that otherwise, if it wasn't for that, would have been probably perfect. But it was just too much of a of a tank uh and then the other one that didn't make the top five which i kind of have to justify is and i'm not even sure if it would count it but like cyberpunk phantom liberty like i gave that a 10 by rights it probably should be like one of my most enjoyable experience of the year and look it was fantastic i could not fault the experience as hard as i tried i thought it was as close to perfect as i could get but sometimes like when it comes to like oscar fate films and that like you're like this is a masterpiece but did i personally like love it no so that, that was where I was kind of having a bit of conflict. Um, and then like Quake 2 Remaster, which just kind of like snuck out of nowhere. Like that was kind of like shadow drop. So I don't think many outlets like really reviewed it because there was no lead time or anything like that. We didn't we didn't review it, but I played it over Christmas. I, and I have nothing but great things to say for it. That is a game that, I don't know, came out in 97, 98 maybe. I, I wouldn't know. Like it's so modern in its design that I had a terrific time with it. Number five is probably going to be uh dredge which i also finished over christmas it was just super tight uh, i love that it allowed me to kind of set my own direction through how i explored it and put its story together i didn't think its story was like ended up tying off in the most wonderful passion but i had a terrific time in the journey uh four would probably be dead space i to me, that was a perfect experience. Like there was no point in that game where I had any downtime, where I had any bits where I was getting stuck and getting frustrated just from start to finish. I thought it was a clean, perfect experience. Loved it. Uh, Then three would be Diablo 4, which would probably be a weird choice if not for the fact that I did stick with that hardcore experience, which, as I said, elevated what was a good game into something very different that every time I played it was a memorable session. Every time I invested anything into it, I got out uh, a lot of emotions and elation. So that was just a very pure experience for me. Uh, the second one, Alan Wake 2, for the same reasons all these guys have mentioned. Uh, I think one of the things that I really loved about this is it's a game with quite a dense narrative which could easily get lost. And it tells a lot of it through things that don't usually work in a lot of games, like text logs, but it definitely follows the Resident Evil school of text logs where we keep it pretty short and succinct or passable if there is a lot of text in this. And then also it gives you this activity of arranging evidence. So this is something that's introduced really early on and it's not really something that's penalised. It's it's an activity rather than anything you're trying to accomplish or achieve, but the act of doing this piecing of evidence that doesn't penalise you, allows you to always contextualise what's happening in the story and what is a dense story. Love that to bits. Uh, Number one for me is Baldur's Gate 3. It's a game that April and I are still playing and every time we sit down to play it, the the memories and the stories that we get out of this are so evocative and memorable that we every time we're playing it, every time that we put time into it, we're thinking, God, we cannot wait for the next time in however many years we come back to this and make different choices and experience different sides to this. our experience is going to be so radically different to anyone else's because it's had so much impact and stake and weight. But those first five hours are tough. Like, not only is the game very hard, um, if you haven't played these kinds of games, it's just such foreign territory to try and get into. So my sympathies, guys. 
but but it really is something special. And obviously Zelda didn't get a mention because I just cannot, still can't click with that game. I'm sure it's wonderful. Um, I haven't been enjoying it. It wasn't one of my most enjoyed games of 2023. Very nice. Very good. Uh, the only shout out I'll give that isn't in any list is Midnight Girl. I really did like that game. Nice and short. I thought the art style was very cool. The story was very, very neat. Puzzles were quite simple and flowed flowed real nicely. I gave that an eight. Uh, I did actually meant uh, I will give a shout out to On Guard. I thought that was a very, very fun. I only, only gave it a 7.5, but very, very fun. Very, um, what's the right word? Like colorful and, and just, just a fun little goofy not goofy is not the right word but it's a like it's like a comedy kind of kind of action game so very good uh if i had to, if i had to do a top five it'd be the same as uh it'll start the same way as nathan so either or you could pick dredge or dead space whatever flip, flip a coin there i did quite enjoy both of those dead space i uh, was anna's first time playing it so we, we played through that and yeah and there's been <laughs> there's been um you know, just a lot, a lot of tweaks from that original game that have just that you know they just modernized it quite nicely. Uh, Dredge, I just like the whole you know like the Lovecraftian, just the whole the night and day cycle, just the way that the story is told through those not like visual novel, but like you know just like the text kind of thing, and just kind of a lot of your imagination is filling in some of the like the blanks there, whereas some of these other games. Um, so like the night is gray is, is a very good example, right? Where the two characters don't speak, but you kind of, when you're re- like, when you're reading them talk, you kind of just, you're just reading it, right? But and I think in, in Dredge, the world makes you kind of just imagine like what's, you know, a bit more to it. So very, very good. Uh, hey, Street Fighter you, 3. Before you move on Sorry. from that, just on Dredge, uh, did we all play Dredge? I'm going to just leverage uh, or level a very abstract criticism. So one thing that's kind of struck me about halfway through that game that I didn't love, and it's perfectly fine, I'm just an idiot, it doesn't have any rough edges. Like, it is the smoothest, most polished game. Like, there's nothing in it that you can't feel like, oh, I'm so devious, I've tricked the game. It's so Mm. polished to perfection. Like, it's all-rounded edges. And I know that's going to sound absurd if you haven't played it, but it's such a smooth game that I just wanted a little grit. And it didn't have it. How how yeah. is that for pathetic? That's, that's no, not a, no, I, <laughs> I I understand. It's such a good game, though. First world criticisms, eh? Yeah, exactly right. All right. Uh, third, if I had to have a, a, a top three, would be Street Fighter Six. Came in at number one. I thought uh, I didn't love the open world kind of stuff, but I thought uh, kind of similar similar to what Nathan said, kind of with um, Cyberpunk, right? Is that a lot of the accessibility stuff that that game did, a lot of the sim- you know, simplifying the controls, making it accessible for players who really wanted to get into fighting games, but you know was scared of that kind of, um, you know, just getting trashed by everyone. But yeah, the, the game does a lot, of- and just you know the like the fighting is very cool, the art style is very cool. It's all it's you know it's a, it's a very very good fighting game. I think I gave that a nine. So um, I didn't love the open world, the story stuff as, as such, but uh good good game nonetheless uh second i actually gave to alan wake 2 because i think i'm a bit further than james i think i think i am past the talk show okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay uh i've gone and uh, it's just yeah no, it's the, past, the, past the talk show works 
Well, yeah, um, yeah. So well, I'm trying to think of like yeah, but I'm but I'm a bit further than that though. Like of yeah, yeah. You've seen so some I'm a bit further than that. Yep. Um, but yeah, just like James, right? And I think I think because a lot of you were like you know you'd like talk you know you talked it up quite a bit. And I was like, I have to fucking like this game. Like, you know, I can't not like this game. <laughs> Don't let us down. Um, and then, yeah, it came on and Anna already does not like it. She goes, boring. And like, like we were talking in the, <laughs> we were talking today and she's like, oh, so we, you know, what are you talking about on the podcast? And I'm like, oh, you know, we're doing our game of the year. And she's like, oh yeah, so what one? And I was like, oh yeah, this game. She's like, I ne- never heard of it. And I was like, oh, it was pretty much a, a, a draw between this and Alan Wake 2. She's like, oh really? I'm like, yeah, you know. Only 50% of the whole industry voted like Alan Wake 2, like, you know, their game of the year. And, you know, how do you sum it up? Boring. Like, just win one. <laughs> um, just, I think, yeah, Lesser. she didn't didn't quite love it. But, yeah, I, yeah, it's probably probably right after, yeah, like, you're right. Like, after that title card came up, I was like, fucking hot damn. This is this good shit. Like, I can feel <laughs> this is going to be good shit. And the only reason why mm. it probably didn't go number one is because I haven't played enough. I wasn't confident enough to be like, I haven't played enough to... For it to be one, but I reckon if I had played a bit more of it, which was the 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 plan, um, it, it would be number one. But number one for me was RE4. Um, I thought yes. that game did a lot of good stuff with uh, you know, br- uh, bringing the original. Sorry, uh, making the new version is a lot more modern, a lot more playable. I don't love playing the old one one now. I know James, you said it's it's play it's still mm. fine, but yeah, I, I still quite like it. Yeah. I can't get over the the not moving, like the not walking, mm. shooting. That's um, yes, and just yeah, so like a lot of like dynamic. little, yeah, a lot of little shit they did. And like, like the gunplay feels so nice and meaty, and like you know the mm. merchant, for example, just a great character. Um, yeah, yeah, super fun. I think if it wasn't for Armored Core, like Resident Evil Four would be the best action game of the year for me. Mm. Um, it's just such a tight system. Um, yeah. So there you go. Top fives all around. Good yeah, job, everyone. Look at that. Uh, video games, eh? There you go. So we're in for a real stinker in 2024 because you can't follow up 2023 with a better year. <laughs> Not with all the industry layoffs. Yeah. Well, no, that's it. Mm. I don't think we'll have... Mm. Yeah, I don't think there'll be as many, like, good games. I don't know, you know, like, to that level. Yeah, the caliber like, is you know, high. Like every yeah. month it was like, oh, this is going to be game of the year. Then this is going to be game of the year. And we're sitting here um, thinking, oh shit, more stuff we have to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, if you if you scroll through what's coming this year, what's dated for this year, there's a lot of good stuff coming, but mm. I don't think it's quite mm. at that level. Um, yeah. But yeah, very cool. All right, let's go into off topics and then we'll wrap it up and we'll go home. There's no other, nothing else we had to discuss. No. Uh, cool. Let's do the off. Actually, very, 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 very quickly, we'll do a very super quick jorts, one title per person that we haven't <laughs> spoken about for this month in January that you were keen on. If there's something left to play that you were keen on playing, anything from January that is on your list that you want to yep. check out? I, I, could, I could throw one at you right away. So we've got... Go for it. <laughs> it only seemed like yesterday, but we got another Yakuza title. So Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth is coming in, what, like two weeks? Less. And this is supposed to be a big one. Now, the previous Like a Dragon was the first RPG title. That game took easily over 60 hours to wrap up. And the developers are... I've seen citations of 100 hours. I don't know. I feel like that might be a little too much, but I'm excited nonetheless. I've only got so much time for JRPGs, though. 
And last year was already a lot. That's my one. More cool. Yakuza. Cool. James, have you got have you got one for us, mate? Nah, we're already sort of on the other side of everything I was super excited about this month. Cool. Adam, you got anything? For the most part, no, nah, no, nah, fuck. Absolutely, I've got something. Tekken 8 comes yes. out in yes. a bit of, like, yes. a week and a bit. And Is that the I one with played... the cat, man? Yes! King. King. You put some fucking respect on his name. Uh, he is a wrestler. In... Did you ever get into okay. the other... to his dad? Major King or whatever it was? Not Major King. What's the one in Tekken 2? Fanfic, no, you've been on that. Metal King. What the fuck? <laughs> it's not like, Metal King. Um, there was two the of them, Metal King to surpass oh them all. Oh, my God. Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, I hope he's getting this, like, mixed I'm... up with his Metal Gear Solid lore. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know what he's on <laughs> about. King. King, King, just as a, a quick <laughs> aside, for Tekken 7, and I think he's doing it for Tekken 8 as well, um, wrestling is like a, a, a big... Armor King. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sorry, that's that's my bad, Armor King. Um, wrestling is a, like a, a big deal in Japan. Like it's a cultural phenomenon in Japan. Like you, if you've played the Yakuza games, there are a whole bunch of modern day wrestlers that appear in the Yakuza games. Um, for Tekken 7, and I think he's doing it again for Tekken 8, uh, the mocap for King was done by this renowned... Japanese wrestler Minoru Suzuki who's known as the murder grandpa he's like a dude in <laughs> his near 60s who just goes out and kicks the shit out of younger men and I think it's fantastic that he's this older like older statesman wrestler that does the mocap for for Tekken 8 just for one character just to get it like as authentic as it can yeah, be how- which I think it's very cool how much more entertaining would Gran Torino have been if they cast that dude instead of Clint Eastwood's Oh my god, <laughs> infinitely. Minoru Suzuki is the man. Clint Eastwood's fine. Off my, yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, the game I was keen for in that's uh, was set for January has been delayed to Feb, so. Nah. Though I am I've always had a eye on Graven. Yeah. That's is that the boomer shooter? Yes. It does look cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. All right, let's go to off topics and talk about stuff. So first let's go 2000s film of the week. Mr. Adam Ryan from well played. Yeah. Adam from well played here. I uh, let's kick off with a film from the year 2000. Hey, cause that seems pretty fitting. Are you going to read okay. the, uh, the thing and we got a guess Is that the thing we're doing. <gasps> You best mm-hmm. believe it. Let's Meh. go for the synopsis, eh? We have got unscrupulous boxing promoters, violent bookmakers, a Russian gangster, incompetent amateur robbers, and a supposedly Jewish jeweler fight to track down a priceless stolen diamond. What have we got, boys? Stock and smoking barrels? Oh, he's close. He's very close. Snatch? Leaving, no, not leaving Las Vegas. Um... Snatch it is. <laughs> Snatch? The nail on the head. Yeah. Uh, Lockstock was they were after ornate uh, shotguns, two ornate shotguns. But yeah, it's it's Guy Ritchie's <laughs> first film of the 2000s. 
uh, and it's fucking incredible. Okay. Genuinely, I watch this film multiple times a year. Uh, I oh, think it's probably my no shit, hundred percent. It's like um, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, like I think I, I once watched Shaun of the say, Dead bro. like three times uh. in a day. Like <laughs> Snatch is probably my most quoted film. Key and I will get around the house. Where's Shaun's like, mind? Yeah, fuck. Yeah, it, it's a tight <laughs> race, but I it's it's like nonstop. It's one of those films that I'll take something away from it new every time I watch it, mainly because the accents in the film are like fucking unintelligible. They're, they're very hard to understand. Brad like <laughs> Brad Pitt plays a character that is like, you have to have it on 0.5 speed to understand anything that he's saying. <laughs> and he's fantastic. Snatch is one of my favorite films ever. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the rotten rate there, mate? Uh, it's got an 8.2 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes is 74%. Okay. And where can we, where can one devour such a film? Mate, you can get it. Google Play, uh, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, or Stan. It was on Netflix for quite some time. Yeah, it goes on and off Netflix no fairly regularly. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very nice. Fucking Good job. film. Goddamn. Alrighty. What did anyone, what did everyone watch over the, uh, over the break? Nathan, I'll start off with this one i finished or i watched uh slow horses season three yes and i'm halfway through and yeah what do you think i like it i like it uh a lot of people raved about this season yeah Um, i'm i'm up there i think it's the best since the first but i haven't finished it don't know how I feel about the final episode, but I okay. but I thought it was I thought it was real I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, 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 I thought, didn't think it was bad, but um, yeah. I thought the ensemble you, I think was you a understand. lot tighter because yeah. in the second yeah. season, that's like they introduced a couple of new characters and kind of just like kept them on the sideline to pad out the episodes mm. most of the time. But now they actually feel like characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Gary Oldman's just still sweaty a unit. Yeah, he's still very sweaty. You can, you can, I think you said it, didn't you, or James? Like you could smell him through the screen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, mm. I should get back to that show. Yeah, comes with a uh, scratch and sniff. <laughs> Gary Oldman <laughs> flavor. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, I'll talk about some more stuff in a minute. But who else wants to chat about something that they've watched? I can quickly. I'm gonna rattle off. Th- oh no, you go. I was gonna, no, I was gonna say I got flight films, so I got two and back, two and fro. Hey. So I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. real quick because I don't have much to say. So two Singapore, uh, Anatomy of the Fall, Anatomy of a Fall, French film that's been doing the numbers awards season. Um, for me, it was it was every fucking French awards bait film I've seen. So it was like fine. I'm gonna. I didn't care. Whatever. It was fine. On the way back, French awards bait. Like it's it's just a dry French film. And it's like nothing happens. Everything is in the title. The entire film is about a woman who goes to court to try and say that her husband died by falling off the balcony. And then the prosecution is saying, you pushed him, you pushed him. And she's like, no, it's just a fall. Nothing exciting happened. How's the film? You know, it's like, it's like, it's just, it's a dry French film. Like, take make of it what you will. Anyway, on the way back, uh, three films. There's a flavor here. Uh, Missing, which was Storm Reid. Uh, that was really cool as a thriller until the end kind of lost me. I enjoyed the previous one, uh, which was Searching. So it's kind of like a duology of these films that are kind of like take place on a person's desktop mostly. And then a couple of other award season films. So the first one was Past Lives with Greta Lee. 
um, which is kind of like a modern romance type of film, which I thought was really mature and poignant and made me sad at the end and had one of my most favourite ending scenes of the year. And then the one I watched after that was Monsters, which was a Japanese film. I don't typically enjoy Japanese films, surprisingly. Um, but this one was brilliant and beautiful, and it's told in three acts that's just about a school where there's just some shit happening where students, parents, and teachers are all very different perspectives, all sort of bickering, and then the film plays out in their different perspectives and tells a really emotional story. And all of these films were downers. And so I was really sad on my flights. Yeah, really <laughs> fucking sad. And they're all good films. They're all good films. I loved Monsters was my favourite. So no um, no Italian Russell Crowe? No, I did see it there. Um, I did watch it. So there you go. I didn't watch any action films. They're all just very sombre, sad films. Nice. So I was a real espresso depresso. Stuff. There you go. James? Uh, yeah. Speaking of, uh, fake Italians, uh, I went and saw Ferrari, uh, the new <laughs> Michael Mann film with Adam Driver playing Enzo Ferrari or whatever his fucking name was. Um, lo- loved it. Uh, adored it. Like Michael Mann makes very much movies for my kind of sensibilities. It's, it's a bunch of dudes talking about how masculinity is a cage, both explicitly and implicitly. Uh, also there's cool cars. Um, really, really good. I think Zach, you might enjoy it. Uh, a good talkie talky picture uh penelope cruz was surprisingly incredible in it uh, really really great time in the movies have um, you seen gran turismo fuck no okay <laughs> well I thought, i'm an know, adult what's your was mouth I, I like that your takeaway was james must be into cars <laughs> well no well, i was gonna be like <laughs> yeah. no well, like, not that you... i'm into adam drive because well, no, when i have seen the trailers for friar i'm like right this looks about as good as gran turismo was gran turismo is re- no it's driving this fucking sick yeah. though yeah, but uh, I've heard this. Yeah, I, yeah. I do actually kind of want to watch it, but, but no, Ferrari is uh, much more about the the man than the cars. Um, right. It's it's a very much a study of a, a dude. Um, on the opposite I end like of nerds. quality in every regard, we have Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part One, an earthly child, whatever it, whatever it's called. Uh, dog shit. I I like Zack Snyder's films, and I oh. thought this was atrocious. Um, I'm, wait, I'm yeah, waiting for did, the so-called for Snyder cut that he's yeah, rumoring. The Snyder cut that fixes it. What an absurd premise. Like he has full creative control and he's trying to pull the Snyder cut bullshit. I, I don't much care for that. I think that, you know, even with a Snyder film, you can always kind of rely on having cool visuals to at least get you yes. through. This doesn't even have that. It is ugly. It's, it's just bad. Mm. It really did not care for it. Um, and swinging back up on the other end of quality again is The Boy and the Heron, the Miyazaki film. Oh, uh, which nice. I thought was... Stunning. I had a wonderful time. Nice. Very cool. Delightful. Yeah. Oh, and I've started up uh, Gundam again, just for good measure. Good man, because I was, I was, I was kind of in the mood while I was away as well, so I started queuing up Fuck Ton of Gundam. So what are we going to watch? Nice. Uh, 1978. We're starting at the beginning. Oh, like, I am still working going to do like fucking Hathaway or something modern. Oh, no. I mean, like, there's also like, there's the gay one that's super recent, which you think would be the one I'd be watching, but no, the, I, I want to watch, you know, no. No. I think so. I don't know. So <laughs> some quirky Gundam. little name. Uh, big robots. Big mechs. Just big yeah. robots, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Big robots in space. Yeah. It's about war. It's about a boy who can't face what he's done and his mother in the rear view. It's, I love it. <laughs> Good job. It's, you can see Adam. his eyes glaze over in real <laughs> yeah, time. It's, it's just... wonderful. <laughs> it's a niche for the Adam. Uh, mate, I've had no fucking time for any quality films or thought-provoking 
t- television series because I fake watched Italians. I watched no fake Italians here because <laughs> I watched five hundred episodes of One Piece and it. I don't regret a single second of what Over I've done. Over the break, fucking absolutely. Holy shit! Man, that's so giving me the play by play. Know, <laughs> we all know. We all. I was literally <laughs> updating Nathan. I was like, this character and this happened and this all this shit all happened in like the early two thousands. And Nathan's like, just you wait, that's that's very good, son. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we all know that I work from home and I don't have anyone to talk to. So I usually listen to music or put on a YouTube video or something. Instead, it's been 24 seven, one piece back to back to back to back to back. And it's, it's like a long running anime, right? You can listen to most of it and get the idea. And then I'll wait for some exciting thing to happen. And then I'll wait for later that night and I'll like actively watch it. Show's fucking amazing. I've picked up my my love for it from when I was a kid, and <laughs> don't I don't shake your head. The time I've used. It's fucking great. Fucking hell, Zach's not impressed. <laughs> See, I swear I was only having this very similar, like, overwhelming expression of I've just watched five hundred episodes. Like, what was it? Like eighteen months back or something? <laughs> yeah, it happens, and it's it's finally happened. You finally convinced me to to jump on board, and I'm in it for the long haul. Beautiful. 500 down, 500 to go. Let's go. The Attack on Titan folks are <laughs> remaking the first arc of One Piece as well. I saw that. How fucking wild. Mm, tasty. Wild business. Yay. Good job. He's going to be the <laughs> That'll Zach's going to be the only one on this team after a while who's not he's not being peeled by it. No, yeah. I won't uh, I don't think you'll get me either. Even, even, Sorry. We'll see. Even Anna will be in. What have you been watching? If you say one piece, I will shit on the floor. <laughs> well, I kind of want to see that. So, <laughs> uh, so I started a show called, uh, well, actually finished Fool Me Once, which is based oh, on... Uh, Harlan Coben. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, like, that's kind of how I felt. Like I was, I was interested, and I kind of got towards the end. I was like, eh, okay, twist is kind of <laughs> sure. The whole thing is just a bit kind of sure in the end. It's Harlan Coben. <laughs> um, uh, what else did I watch? I watched Bullet Train again with uh, with the old oh. man while I was here. Uh, well, because I was. Trying I think to watch... Bullet Train's kind of fun. Well, I think it's a great film. Wasn't entertained by that. I was like, this is so oh, much more bombastic, it's... but it's not. It forgot to have fun. Oh. I was having fun, mate. Yeah, right. I should have uh, gone and seen Ferrari with the old man. That would have been a time. <laughs> bonding experience. <laughs> Father and son bonding over Enzo's loss of his own son. And then and you could have sat down and talked Italian, about so. your masculinity. Exactly. How yeah. great. Make Italians. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Up there in his yeah. northern Italian suburb of Melbourne. Uh, that's it. In... I can't do it. I don't know how to do an Italian accent of Ivanhoe. Please don't. Please, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, there was something else I watched, but I can't remember what it was. So uh, it must oh, have been that, that good. Finished um, on Amusha. No. Nah. Don't watch it. Yeah, I believe that. As expected, they will yeah. make on Amusha everything other than another game, <laughs> which I think they're doing purposefully just to piss off It's Zach. a psyop. Yeah. The only thing on Amusha in that man. series is like the spirit gauntlet and Nothing else. So I was a little bit. Eh. It looks nice. Yeah, right. Moving on. Um, cool. Do we want to quickly finish with any news bits? Do you want to talk about? Because I think there's one that we should maybe just discuss for a couple minutes. 
Uh, I actually completely forgot about this until just then. But the Ubisoft, uh, has someone seen what the Ubisoft guy has said today, mm-hmm. yesterday? Oh, yeah. What a fuckwit, eh? Uh, Sorry. Let me find the quote exactly. <laughs> I was going to say Stalker uh, 2. I feel left, left out. Oh. <laughs> So Stalker 2 is getting a, um, sorry, Stalker 2 has a release date now of September 5th. They, and have they said in a statement somewhere that it's final? Because I'm seeing headlines say final. Yeah. And I do not believe for a second that's final. Um, it sounds like they're just polishing it based on what the statement says. So those games are okay. inherently not to be polished. Like like the fans of, we're hanging out for something janky. What are they doing? Uh, I'm trying to find a quote. Here we go. This is from uh, our friends. Okay. Uh, Gameindustry.biz. Getting comfortable. Sorry, getting gamers comfortable with not owning their games. But this is actually, this is is just the full-blown interview. That's not what I want. Sorry. Would you like me to read the quote? If you got it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is Ubisoft executive of Sub- streaming of subscriptions, subscriptions? I think it is, yeah Something which like makes that. sense yeah. That, yeah it it does uh one of the things we saw is that gamers are used to a little bit like dvd having and owning their games that's the consumer shift that needs to happen they've got to get comfortable not owning sorry they got comfortable not owning their cd collection or dvd collection that's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games as gamers grow comfortable in that aspect you don't lose your progress if you resume your game at another time Fucking whatever, who gives a shit? Um, yada yada. So it's about feeling comfortable with not owning your game. Um, no. What no. a strange I... thing to put out. Yeah, really, really bizarre. That I mean, that's something that I, I definitely understand you say internally because I oh, think that is yeah. a straight up business conversation that you should not be having with your public, um, especially if because they're, they're launching Ubisoft Plus Premium and Classic subscriptions, like. Who wants this? Uh, it's it's such a bizarre. I don't choice. know anyone who is subscribed to Ubisoft. Yeah, like what I will I do say that is comes out. That's about it. I oh, do really. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, it's like um, I guess it's cheaper you buy that one month. Yeah, finish however many titles mm-hmm. you cancel. Go about your day. This yeah. like this makes sense. Like what he's saying makes sense. Like uh, yeah, we, we had that we had this conversation about what makes sense from a business point versus mm-hmm. you know what is. Yeah what we want right but this makes sense for them to for, to say this the argument i would say to him especially when it comes to movies there is so much choice for watching mm-hmm. movies sure there you know multiple some might be locked to their own platform like your disney's and your paramount's and stuff like that but then you got netflix and you got prime and you got stan and you got fucking whatever else there is there that all have like we just heard with with snatch right you can watch it on prime you can watch it on stan it's on netflix so there's all these different options, whereas gaming, there's what, like two options really, like, yeah, Ubisoft, two main uh, ones, yeah. Sorry, and then um, Ubisoft trying to become a third, yeah, and then like, <laughs> so that's probably something. You know, e- how often do you see library? The EA one is already bundled in with Game Pass, right? Like the yep. top tier of Game Pass, yeah, yeah, EA Play okay, cool. yeah. and PlayStation Plus. No, May- no, no. The, some of the Ubisoft bits and pieces are tied to PlayStation, yes. but I don't right. think it's the full shebang. No, correct. Okay, mm. but it's also the same with music, right? You got Apple Music, you got Spotify, you got Pandora, yeah. you got fucking Tidal. There's all these YouTube different options. Music, apparently, yeah. is uh, a viable option That's now. So, mm. um, okay, yeah, I think 
yeah, they've kind of forgotten about that that aspect that it's such a monopolized mm-hmm. uh, not industry but service maybe if that's what you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Also, there's yeah. just so many pre-existing issues with uh, preservation that are not going to be addressed yeah. by streaming. So I think yeah, keeping mm-hmm. our foot firmly in this camp of physical ownership is necessity until somebody steps up and addresses that first. Yeah. I just think more than anything, you don't need to, like, regardless of whether it's there or not, you don't need to remember remind people that you're shitting in their cereal. Like, where we understand yeah. that that's where the the industry is going. Like, even physical games, like the discs that I own, are a fucking licensing agreement, and I'm fully aware of mm. that's what it is. It's a key to unlock something that is it it is inherently digital anyway. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm. 100% aware of that, but you don't have to be like, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, we own you. Like, okay, yeah. you fuckhead. You feel, it feels <laughs> like a, a Homer Simpson remember you here forever kind of situation. Yeah. And it's just, it's unnecessary. Have you paid us this yeah. month so you can just, play with your toys, big boy? Exactly, right? It, it's just gross. It's just a, a shitty corporate move that makes no sense. But yeah, mm-hmm. as you as you would expect, that hasn't gone down too well with the internet. So. Nah. No. Yeah. Who would have thought, eh? Yep. I'm sure there'll be a flavour this but, year. Mm, well, I look forward to our predictions. Hey, when are we going to do those? Oh, I've already started for afternoon. Next week? Do you want to do it next week? Smart. Yeah, Maybe. we should do it next week. Yeah, go next, on. Let's hit them nice and early. Maybe we'll do mm. most anticipated next week and then maybe predictions the week after. Or do you want to do them all... Let's just, just into one. Let's just do one. Let's one go. big one. All right, let's oh. wrap it up there. Let's go home. Let's uh, call it. All right, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. It's been great to, to be back. Great to have you back. Great to see you, lads. Uh, if you want to check out any of the content, you can go to www.well-played.com.au. One more big last shout-out for, for two still series for sponsoring the DLC podcast. Check out an alias mic if you're looking to record yourself. You'll sound great, just like us four. We do. Except only James looks great. His beautiful lighting and yeah, stuff. That, that's not the camera. That's just the skin. It's just genetics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you and have a great week and we will see you next week. Looking forward to it. Farewell. See ya. Goodbye.